Wrestling for July 8th, 2019. Guys, I hope you had a great weekend, a great 4th of July. I know you heard fireworks going off. I know from, you know, for the listeners that are from New York, you you have heard a lot of fireworks going off. And even afterwards, because, you know, 4th of July, 4th of July, doesn't matter. Just pop off some fireworks regardless and it was a good show it felt like i was watching outside my window because around my neighborhood there's a couple of people that just set off fireworks and you can i can see it from my window pretty clearly and i felt like me i won the the royal rumble and i need a sign at wrestlemania sign to point at that's why i kept you know, looking at when I was seeing the, I was seeing the, you know, the fireworks go off, and yeah, just good sight to see, especially since I've been sick for the past week, pretty rough week, um, with it being 4th of July, and recently got my tooth pulled, and then because of that, I got sick, and I'm still feeling less than 100%, but I'm here to provide you guys and girls, some of my voice for this week. So yeah, we're going to talk about wrestling, but if you're feeling elevated, the boys from the Hardcore Strong Style Coalition podcast, aka the HSC, have graced us with their voices to provide a podcast New Japan related, G1, the G1 Climax, number 29, it started this past weekend, and it's very good, I listened to it, please check it out, I know it's been getting a lot of hits, if you may, uh, get a listen to it, send your feedback, because these guys, when it comes to anything, New Japan, ROH and AEW and anything involving Indies, just pretty much anything non-WWE, they got your back. And I want to provide them a platform to just talk Indies, talk New Japan and AEW. And those guys are Cosmic Kaiser 6 and Heracles, a.k.a. Vevin of the HSC podcast and again it stands for the Hardcore Strong Style Coalition and also joining them on that episode is Ron himself he is a third of the round table and one half of the Ruben and Rome wrestling podcast and Twitch streamer again all the links to 
their social media, their Twitches, the Twitch streams will be in this episode's annotations, descriptions, whatever you want to call it. So again, I want to thank Cosmic Kaiser 6, Heracles, and Rome himself for lending their voices and just talking some New Japan, some G1 discussions. And also, a disclaimer, the episode was recorded a week ago, so if it sounds late, if it sounds dated, we apologize. But hey, it's a good listen regardless. Those guys are very entertaining, very witty, charismatic. So if you want some of that, there you go. Guys, it is a Monday, fresh week, and you want to feel elevated, listen to that. And listen to this if you if you feel like double dipping, even though I do not recommend that you double dip a chip, especially if you're, if you're sick. If you are sick, don't double dip a chip and get your own dip and your own chips. But all food aside, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be providing my voice and giving my opinions and ranting and just blah <laughs> about whatever, you know, whatever we're going to talk about. If it's wrestling, if it's pop culture, if it's dank memes, if it's a little bit politics sprinkled in there. And, you know, we're going to have a good show. So today, as I said, we're going to talk about wrestling. We are going to talk about last week's Monday Night Raw and some WWE news regarding Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff's new positions in WWE. Also, we're going to talk about Sasha Banks. Seems like WWE spoiled her return because she was going to come back, but, you know, it's it's good to keep things a mystery, even though with the internet and, and leaks and whatnot, it's kind of hard to, but it's it's good once in a while to have certain things to be a mystery. And then when we get surprised, it feels that real. It feels that much good. And hype. We we love hype and wrestling. We love that as a wrestling fan. When the reason why things nowadays aren't exciting is because we know it's coming. It's very predictable. You know, it's very, uh, you can call it from a mile away. And I'm also going to talk about just the mistreatment and lack of uh, just, drive and and just just more creative bullshit but we're also going to talk about just where is the women's revolution evolution feels like it it devolved feel like it's just it just reverted back and also uh the productions in their brilliance and creatives and benson everyone's ever brilliant minds uh no wrestling during commercial breaks instead there are you know doing resets and two out of three falls matches and traditional, you know, why not tag team matches? Because when in doubt, just throw four people in the ring, you know, two teams, you know, uh, three on threes. Why not? Because creative is, is lazy. You know, there's, there's not that much there to work with. And, 
Also, Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is coming up very soon. So we'll be talking about that. And also a bit of AEW news. Uh, Fighter Fest. We just, uh, Fighter Fest happened last week. Last, not this weekend that passed, but the previous weekend that passed. We will also talk about that. Just a few, uh, just a few highlights from this show. And yeah, so let's get underway, shall we? Okay, so Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff's new executive director roles. So this past week, uh, WWE dropped a bombshell on the pro wrestling world when they announced that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff will be now taking over Raw and SmackDown respectively in executive director roles. Now WWE is comment is uh, commenting in an official capacity as they outline the new roles for Heyman and Bischoff, as well as what kind of influence they will have on the product. And I quote. In the executive roles, Heyman and Bischoff will oversee creative development of WWE's flagship programming and ensure integration across all platforms and lines of business. Creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship shows. So, just to... Pass all that corporate talk because it sounds all nice and fancy, and people are like, "Oh my god!" Like Heyman and Bischoff are in charge. No, because at the end of the day, Vince is still the head in charge of all the WWE, and until he's until he steps down or until he passes away, nothing is really going to change. But this could be in a step in the right direction, but let me not get ahead of myself here. So basically, they will over they're overseeing creative, obviously. But at the end of the day, Vince is still he has a final say on a lot of things. So to see things happen right away, it's just people's just in their in their in their brilliance and their wisdom to be you know to have their hopes up or just assume or just be gullible like you think that when a new CEO takes over a company that changes are gonna happen immediately yeah small changes yeah but for the really really big changes to happen it's a lot of legwork it's a lot of backdoor things. A lot of processes that we don't see behind the scenes that take time. And even though Vince still has final say, I'm believing that he will put back some control. He will, you know, loosen his grip a little bit because his two flagship shows are in the shitter. Just like how I've been feeling this past week in the shitter. And he realizes that yeah, something needs to be done because ticket sales are low, attendance is low, ratings are low. Even though they're making money hand over fist with these TV deals, you know, with Saudi Arabia, 
with Fox, and especially since Fox is in the middle, I know that Fox is very concerned. If SmackDown is doing this poorly, and also SmackDown is doing poorly, Raw's going to do poorly, obviously, and they're afraid because they're putting a lot of money and advertisements, endorsements, sponsorships. There's a lot of things that people don't understand when it comes to, you know, uh, corporate deals, advertisements. They don't understand that it's not just a lot of money. It's more so the the investors. It's, it's the sponsorships and endorsements and stockholders and shareholders. That's why... We won't have a TV14 product due to stockholders and shareholders and all of them are, you know, PC. Either either they're PC or they they will, you know, succumb to the PC culture. And also a lot of corporations are PC, just to, you know, just say bluntly, they're PC. So... In that aspect, seeing TV-14, no. The only way you get TV-14, if you watch something on a network or, you know, pay-per-view, you know, event, or you know, something from NXT, just stuff like that. You may see some blood, you may see some some holy shit moments we'll get to in a bit. But to to actually see sex and violence, no. It was ironic because it's violence, but it's PG. It's kind of oxymoronic. You have PG violence, you know. But hey, Mario stomps on on uh, Goombas and and uh, Koopa, you know, Koopa Troopers, and just basically killing them. So in the sense, yeah, you can have PG violence, but it's still it's wrestling. It, it's a contact sport. It's it still baffles me to this day, but regardless, we won't see changes once Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman get in there right away. It takes time, so you got to be patient with this. You gotta, we gotta see this. We gotta revisit, uh, revisit this a month, two months, three months, six months down the line, and see where things are. And if things haven't changed, that's when you say, okay, this isn't working. This is bullshit. This is more WWE's, you know, just moving, just moving chess pieces around, not doing much like checker checker pieces because you know they actually are not playing chess. They should be playing chess because they're they're on TV. They have all these endorsements and making money hand over fist. So they should be playing chess, not checkers. So it seems like they're playing checkers, unfortunately. But we won't see a lot of these changes. Um, that are supposedly coming for a while now. They have to get acclimated into the role. I think the best one, a lot of podcasts, especially DTKC, shouts out to them. They mentioned that at Extreme Rules, after Extreme Rules, that's when they should have a reset. From Extreme Rules on, that's when they should start implementing changes you know, of course, gradually, not right away, because too much change is it's bad, even though it's needed. But it's a good idea for after extreme rules to have just everything reset. 
instead of doing it now when it doesn't make much sense because they're already building up towards Extreme Rules. So what they had to do is just, after Extreme Rules, that's when they start implementing changes. That's when they start fixing the abortion that is Mayanite Raw. I think I had more fun, if you want to call it fun, you know, Damascus, I don't know. I had a, a better time at the dentist two weeks ago getting my tooth pulled than watching Raw or SmackDown because SmackDown at the time was better. Now it's just uh, just Raw that's two hours long and it's blue. So now it's not that much difference. And I'd rather have my tooth pulled again than watch Raw. But, you know, I got to... Even if it's highlights, it's good to watch some things live because you get those, you know, holy shit moments, you know, versus just watching it, watching the clips on WWE's YouTube channel or stuff on, you know, Twitter. It's good to watch things live and get that perspective. But understand, you rather have better things to do than watch Raw. You can even watch uh, one of the HSC's uh uh brothers super freak he streams on mondays on twitch just twitch.tv slash super freak 187 you can watch him on monday night raw you can watch him on monday night instead of watching raw if anything and if you feel like watching something else on on Tuesday nights and watching SmackDown Live, you can watch Ron himself's Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Ron himself. You know, there's options. But yeah, like, I watch, I watch these. So just like a lot of these podcasters watch Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So that way we don't have to. But since I had to, you know, review these shows and... And talk about them. More so talk about them because it's, it's just... It's the same shit. But there's always good caveats. Good nuggets. From these shows. And also there's still going to be news. Regardless of how you feel about the product. There's still going to be a lot of news regarding... WWE. AEW. New Japan. Impact. All, everything. So we, we need to... Like regardless... It sucks, trust me. But, you know, still trucking along because there's more than WWE. But there's news, you know, around the wrestling world. So, yeah. So, all that aside, Paul Heyman on um, the first episode last week on on July 4th, First, was it? We're going to talk about Raw. We're going to talk about Raw on a second. So, Raw started off hot. We had the Falls County wear match between Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. And it, it was... It had some hype behind it, but when the match was going on, people were on their feet. When... Braun Strowman came out. He got a lot of cheers. Um, the crowd was hot um, for these two guys out there. More so for Braun Strowman, but regardless, both guys had um, had a good, um, you know, had good energy from the fans. 
And the holy shit moment that happened when Braun Strowman tackled Bobby Lashley through the LED board on the stage. And the way that this was um, was shot and the way that everything went down was perfect. You had something that you don't see happen on Monday nights. Just just destruction and, and just carnage happen. And the fact that it, it felt real, like holy crap or holy shit, like what's going like what happened, what's going on? And they cut off the power because like things like that. They paid attention to detail and I love that. That's something that also Don Tony, a lot of other uh, podcasters mentioned that they paid attention to detail. They, they make sure they cut off the power. There were, you know, there were people shouting, cut off the power, cut off the power. And Corey Graves added that to that moment, you know, holy shit. When sparks were flying, a little too much sparks, they could tone it down with the amount of sparks, but I get it. Um, and we were the awe. Well, okay, this happened. It was cool. A nice moment, but Braun Strowman's going to get up, you know, like he always does. And he did it. Him and Lashley stood down, and they were stretched out. They were both put into uh, respective ambulances, and they were they were carried off to a local medical facility. Not a hospital or hospice. It's a local medical facility. Thanks, Michael Cole. Thank you very much. So... This start to my night raw was insane. It was crazy. I was like, okay, this this is a good start. Paul Heyman had a hand in this. And that's everyone's first assumption, obviously. Duh. But as the night went along, the only three other things that were really well done was the R Truth and Drake Maverick with his wife. That angle through the night, and him, eventually, uh, Drake Maverick, eventually getting the twenty four seven title from R Truth when he uh, just smacked R Truth in the back with with his luggage, and then he got a referee uh, pinned R Truth for the one two three, got the twenty four hour twenty four seven belt, and you know his wife. Showed up and it's like, hey, hey, honey, I got, it, I got, it. and then he was like, we gotta go, we gotta go, and you know, like, forget my luggage, it's okay, like, leave it then, and you know, it was really well done. And during the segment, uh, during the night, uh, Truth was like, hey, like, you know, this really means, um, this really means a lot to you, then, you know, like, get a referee, you know, have a match, and you know, just it was, it was, it was well done, that that bit. And I want to say something about our truth. Like he has turned like something that's literally a, a big green piece of shit and turned it into chicken salad. And who loves a good chicken salad? I believe a lot of people do. And he turned this thing is perfect for him. You know he's funny. You know, he's comical. He's funny. Still, he has ability. Like you see him wrestle. But in this comedy role, he's perfect in. And he's the best person for this. I don't think anyone else could have fit this role better than our truth. 
and Drake Maverick has essentially he's that sympathetic heel that you 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 feel bad that he's a heel, but you want to feel bad for him, and you know rightfully so. And plus, his wife really well done. Uh, she she did she did good for her role. She did well. Facials were on point. She wasn't just like a, a emotionless block. You know, she actually showed emotion. She had uh, good cues. She was on point. So not only she's gorgeous, but she did her role well for the time that she was featured on. And she's a good sport having, you know, having the whole 24-hour angle on her wedding. You know, uh, not that many females would do that. <laughs> but, you know, shouts out to her and, you know, Drake Maverick and our truth He's killing it. And I hope, like, something else has to happen because it's going to, it's starting to fizzle out. But I know... I know that Truth will have some input since, you know, apparently him and Vince are, are really close or really tight. So hopefully we see some this evolve because if this is going to be around, if this is going to be around, then we need to, we need to, you know, elevate it. You know, pun intended. We need to evolve it. We need to morph into something. We need to keep it. If it's going to keep going, we need to essentially change it we need to find ways to evolve it so then the the second thing was maria even though i'm not a fan of of a guy being castrated live on air and this is what they signed a a five-year deal for and also gals and anderson uh Twitter people that sign new contracts for five years. Um, Maria and Mike Canellas signed five-year deals as well. Also, Jenna Mahal, if um, you were wondering. Uh, yeah, like, Maria can be that, that you know, that heel, that, that mouthpiece, but she's pregnant. And she was saying, oh, well... I need to I need to go find Becky Lynch because she's probably more man enough than you to get me pregnant and and just just destroying. Um, I'm still gonna call Mike Bennett. Just destroying Mike Mike Bennett. Like holy crap! Like I'm not a fan. Again, I'm not a fan of this uh, feminist crap. But it was just Maria's delivery and her promos alone were were. You know, and again, she, um, he took her last name, not that her way around, and we, we know this is the gimmick, and it's a shame that they weren't utilized. And so they were just, they was, they came in, and yeah, they had, they had the baby and whatnot. You know, she had uh, her first child, understandable, but now she's having a second one. And it's like, why sign her to a five? You don't understand the money. The money isn't, you know. Hey, if you if you sign yourself to a five five year deal, and you don't have to worry about money, 
that's awesome, but it's just Maria has so much uh, potential, and they weren't using her. Now that one night, it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have her go out there and cut this this sharp, nasty promo, good promo, by the way. And after that, we probably won't see her again. She'll probably be, you know, you know, on maternity leave very soon. So, you know, why bother? But regardless, it was pretty good. That was a pretty good segment. And also, I want to, speaking of Maria and Mike, they were in a mixed tag team match against Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. And just, oh my God, the, the I haven't seen two people this awkward. And I understand maybe they don't want to be, you know, they don't want to have their relationship put out there, but it's kind of too late. And, you know, I get it. I understand. Like, it's. You know, you, you're if you're a private person, if you don't want your business out there, I'm you know I'm totally, and I'm I'm, I'm totally understand just that feeling. But this is a sign that WWE has to say, okay, this is not working out, and stuff was just like like, and Becky Lynch was making fun of him because she was like, oh boy, like this is not good. She even caught that. And I have a lot of things to say about stuff, you know, positive and negative, but just these two, if, are we sure they're dating? Because it doesn't seem like they had that good chemistry. Like, we, we seen, we seen, uh, Naomi and, I forgot what you, so she's, she's, um, she's married to, uh, the Miz and Maurice, you know, also uh, Alistair Black and Zelina Vega, and well, we haven't seen much of Charlotte and Andrade, but the other, you know, the other couples I mentioned, they have more, that much more chemistry than Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, and it's just. I'm just here, like, wow, like, I'm just dumbfounded, like, holy crap, like, this is so awkward, really awkward, like, why is this on TV, why is this still continuing, after Extreme Rules, this has to be, this has to be dead, after this, after Extreme Rules pay-per-view, I have a little cynicism, the, the cynic in me wants Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans to win the Universal title and the Raw Women's Championship, respectively, because I just like seeing chaos. I just like seeing chaos. Like, um, just something about just, just that, that it, it kind of, I'm curious. I'm pretty curious, but you know what happens, you know, the cap, I got curious. Regardless, I just hope that this, this relationship, like if they're dating in real life, that's cool. Like in their personal life, that's what they do. But on TV, if they're not comfortable, if it's awkward, they should just drop it. They should just, after the rule, just put in the back burner, 
have Seth Rollins go after, you know, AJ Styles or Ricochet, whoever, because this needs to stop. Like, just, this is so cringe and so awkward. And just, oh, Lord. But, yes, yeah, so the last thing uh, from this Monday night, this past Monday Night Raw that was pretty good was um, AJ Styles and Ricochet and the interaction that they had um, with Gals and Anderson and them trying to trick AJ, well, not trick, but just trying to push AJ's buttons, you know, indirectly by telling AJ that, hey, you know, Ricochet was saying all this, all this hot shit about you when you were on around, then that just pulled the trigger of them having a slapping match and, you know, AJ Styles and Ricochet respectively backstage and... You know, it was a good match, and of course, um, AJ won uh, the first time around because the title wasn't aligned, but then Ricochet's foot was under the rope, so they had to throw the match out, restart it, and Ricochet won, which is good because, you know, you can't have him losing all, all these times, and then the hill turn happened. And it was great, finally, if they're going to have you know, the Good Brothers on, you know, on under contract for five years, they should really utilize them. They should really use them more. Because what's the point of having them be back in catering? When you know that, when you know that they're best suited for this. And women just just clamoring for a ballot club. And, you know, well, this is the best that we got, the reunion of the club. And, you know, that was all the, the positive stuff. But all the negative stuff was, of course, the women's segments, just the, these quick pins. Uh, these matches were just so... A lot of these matches, they were... They they ended in such a short time. They restarted, you know, the whole commercial break thing, you no know, wrestling or the commercial breaks, and then they were turned into a, a, a tag team match, a two out of three falls match, and especially with New Day and New Jay, the New Day and the Raw, the War Raiders, Viking Raiders. Viking Raider experience, whatever the fuck you want to call them this week. Uh, match was just, the whole segment was just an abortion. The whole segment was an abortion. Like, I hope that Joe takes the belt from Kofi, even though I doubt that's happening. And I just, I, I don't know, like, with the New Day, it, to me, it ran its course. I love the New Day. When they were introduced years ago, and it was a gimmick that we thought, "Oh, this is garbage. Is this this never gonna take up, you know, pick up steam?" And it did. And they were heels for the longest time. They were heels, and then, you know, we turned them babyface. And then, you know, they won many tag team, many tag team titles, and then Kofi went in the big one at Mania this this past April. It was great, but. 
it's just it ran its course. They need to break up the new day. Big E, you look at Big E like yo, like the sky should be winning fucking titles. He should be fucking the monster hill. And yeah, look at his time when he was in the new day. He he was able to show off his charisma. He was very charismatic. Cause Kofi alone, like I love again, love Kofi to death. He doesn't have much charisma. He tries hard. He has heart. He's good in ring, but this charisma is is okay. Like not not everyone can have, you know, the the all the tools to be the perfect wrestler, or you know, the total package, as they say. It's fine, but to put someone in like that in that position, and you know that you're exposing his weaknesses. You know, not not very good promo, uh, just good in ring work. Not that you know, no charisma whatsoever. When he's out there alone, like it, he gets exposed. And again, he's his own man, of course. But just to have him out there, and then be this tough guy that you can you can be the underdog. But just being all this this ass kicker, stone cold. Kofi Kingston, no, 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 like, this is why him winning the title at, at Mania was a good moment, he, he earned it, it was the right call, but he should have lost it within a month or so, and then having him chase the title after he lost it would have been good, I would have been like, okay, like, he, he lost the title, then he could chase against the big bad, and it would would make better sense. And the whole, you know, Big E turning and then the new day, like that needs to happen. In my opinion, that needs to happen. They need something, to sh- you know, actual shake up. Not let's shake it up. You know that. You know all, all that bullshit. Oh, we're gonna shake it up. Like no, like actually shake it up. Actually. Uh, do some dramatic changes because just doing the same tired shtick isn't gonna help. It's, it's it only can do so much after a while, and we we need something new. We need fresh, you know, fresh blood, and we we have, but we need new ideas. We we need to go off the cuff a little bit. We can't just go doing the same thing and expect, oh, well, okay, we can have, we can have the same, the same four, five, six people in the same matches every week, or we can change it up, we can actually shake it up, we can try something new, and if it doesn't work, you can always go back, there's nothing wrong with trying things out, and if it doesn't work, you can always revert back to what does. It's about taking risk and taking chances. If you don't take any risks, how will you progress? And this is what we're wrestling, especially with WWE not having any competition, like solid competition. They got uncomfortable. They got complacent. So they can get away with all this stuff. They can get away with Monday Night Raw being the lowest rated show 
ever in WWE history. SmackDown as well. Low low attendance, low ticket sales. We can have all this stuff go on and still, you know, people, you know, there'll still be people watching. So, yeah, this this has to be a change. And Kofi needs to lose that belt because they can't have it on him forever. Seth Rollins, oh, man, I'm going to say I'm going to keep this short. Hell of a talent, tries hard. He's being that, that leader of the locker room. That's why he, you know. He went after uh, Will Ospreay. Well, however, when Seth was saying, "Well, yeah, I got, I got, I make more money than you do. Like, look, check, check my bank account." When you, when you're saying that, it's like one of these fucking trolls, these millennial trolls online, these no good trolls online that. That yeah, like well, my bank account is this, or I, I get I get more bitches than you do. I, I get more I get more I get more pussy than you do. And I'm like, what? When Seth Rollins tweeted that, I was like, oh god, like this this is stupid. And Roll Osper was like, okay, man, like all power to you. You know, whatever. I'm I'm still doing my thing. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still doing my thing. Um. Regardless, like what, what you know, what you're doing, that's cool. You're 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 making money, that's cool. But and when people compare, when they bring up money or women or stuff like that, it's just it, it, it it's like when you're playing a card game or you're playing a a uh, fighting game, for example. And you already got the the person beat, and you're just doing stylish combos for no reason. It's like there's no need. Just fucking get the W and move on. Don't don't do extra. Don't don't be extra. Don't do all this extra stuff. That's what Seth Rollins was doing on Twitter, and I said that he should have had Twitter taken away from him for a week because there's certain stuff you don't you don't say, man. Like it was just uncalled for. Just and understand he has to defend his, you know, his, his, the company, you know, the product because he's he's the top of the, top of the food chain. He's the man. Well, the man of the he's the man's man, but he he is the top of he has the top title. Even though the, I still consider the the WWE title to be the top title because you know WWE, but he has the top title and he has to have that. You know that uh, that leadership role, and understand his heart was in the right place. But when he just went off the rails, okay, Seth, you're drunk. Stop it. Go home. <laughs> you know. But just these two guys are on the top of the company at its lowest point, and it's a shame. And understand their their frustration, especially Seth Rollins' frustration that. Busting their ass, you know, going through, you know, just, you know, taking bumps, wrestling for, you know, 20, 25 minutes, half an hour on, on pay-per-views and, and traveling and, and they're getting a half of the audience that they used to get. You know, I'll be upset too when people are, are just 
going off on Twitter. I understand that. But the best thing to do is still do your thing. And try your best to go at creative throat, you know, professionally. And Vince, like, hey, Vince, like, we need to do something now. We need to focus on Raw and SmackDown. We need to come up with new storylines. You know, we need to come up with something more creative. We need to do something rather than go on Twitter and fighting with people that don't need your attention. And that's a fact. But, yeah, Raw started off good, but at the end, it was the same shit as usual. And SmackDown was no different. I'm not going to talk about SmackDown. Um, SmackDown was SmackDown. Just, and also, Bischoff wasn't, and he wasn't backstage. <laughs> so, he he had, he had the good, uh, the good, uh, where I thought to, not be on <laughs> not to be backstage for that. Uh so now we're gonna talk about we are going to talk about uh Paul Heyman. He's reportedly uh looking to push a superstar and you probably guessed who that was and Strowman. Uh, Paul Heyman is now, uh, all these articles I'm reading are from ringsidenews.com, by the way. Paul Heyman is now the executive director of Money Night Raw. In a new position, a power backstage can take some time to to adjust to, but Vince McMahon needs to learn how to loosen his hold of the show in a little bit and admit that things need things do need to change. Things need to change drastically because of... It's looming is only it's only three months away before we hit October. We're in July. July just started. Like before you know you blink and August will be here. Blink again, September will be here. And then you blink one more time and October will be here. So we we they need to do something. But uh regardless there are several superstars backstage on the red brand that could use a fresh push. After all, WWE hasn't done right by many of them as they continue to push the same small handful of superstars. Uh, Tom Calhoun reports that Heyman has his eye on Braun Strowman in a big way that can help. Uh, could be a could be a great thing for the monster among men. We previously reported that Heyman was looking to bring Braun Strowman back to his roots. As a destructive monster superstar, a source in WWE reported that said that Strowman is a perfect man for Heyman to get behind because he checks so many boxes that Heyman is looking for. Heyman's still the same guy who brought you ECW. He likes the technical style, but he also likes big destructive forces of nature. Braun is perfect for that, and I quote. And is right, like Braun hits so many so many checks on the list and it's funny when I saw him live in that angle when he he flipped that ambulance over that was like they seen that live versus seeing it on TV seeing it on TV would have been like holy shit but seeing it live you know I was like fuck me like that was you know I was pretty that was pretty crazy I actually stood up out of my seat like I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like Sure, I was like, 
like like he's not gonna. Of course, we know like suspension, def, uh, uh, suspension of uh, uh, disbelief. Like, come on, but just for that moment, like holy shit, like he's actually gonna do it. And that's why I miss about being a wrestling fan is those times where holy crap, like is this actually happening? And at the time, people hated Roman Reigns. They still do, but Braun was just okay. Well, they they had two of them work a program together and that was the time to put the belt on him but no we're not going to because we gotta go to Roman we gotta go with Lesnar more so Lesnar than than, uh, Roman but regardless and now they put Strowman so low that he needs he needs a a fresh start because it was good when he was squashing local jobbers and and uh, just destroying stuff. And WWE just, they had something and it was like, no, we, we're going to go to something that's safer. We're going to go to something that, that's, that, you know, we can, that we know, that we can control, that we, we have, we're familiarized with. And it's a shame because Strowman could have been that guy. He he was actually over. He was organically over. And they need people. They need more more talent that can get organically over. Even though he was going after someone that they that the audience hated and reigns because of his position being pushed, you know, being the top guy. So he needed that person, but nope, let's just focus on him and of course focus on Lesnar and this is what you got. So Due due to Reigns and due to Lesnar, we have a lot of potential stars that were just wasted and forgotten. And it's a shame. But now, with the TV deal coming up with Fox in the fall, and they need they just they need to have fresh faces. They they need to build up a lot of these people, men and women. And speaking of women. So about Sasha Banks. So we know that Sasha Banks has been uh after WrestleMania, she reportedly left to, to you know took her ball and went home. And I don't blame her. Honestly, I, I don't blame her because she she was positioned with Bailey to be the inaugural women's tag team champions and just to lose them quick to the iconics and reportedly the iconics was to be in a program with the Bella Twins. Oh dear lord, the Bella Twins. We had to again. This was going back to the same familiar shit. Why make the belts in the first place? Number one. Number two. Why put the belts on on Sasha Banks and Bailey? Why have them defend that mania when these plans were going to? And of course, things happen with uh, with uh, Nikki Bella. She had she was reportedly feeling pain. You know, in, in her neck, and she went to uh, 
a holistic treatment. She got blood drawn and she was feeling better. However, it just the pain kept coming back. So she got an MRI done and she had a, a cyst on you know, on uh in her neck, you know. And yeah. And she would have taken one bump, she would have been paralyzed. So that's why you haven't seen the iconics on TV as much because they have plans to have a have a program with the Bella Twins, but with Nikki Bella being essentially retired from wrestling, and that angle had to be niched. And it's it's a it's a shame that again the casualties of war are are you know two women that were basically the, one of the pioneers of the women's revolution, even though Nikki claims that they started the women's revolution. And Stephanie, it's it's between it's between Stephanie and Nikki Bella that started Women's Revolution. Even though it's technically AJ Lee, but you know, even though they don't recognize AJ Lee as as um as the jump starter for the Women's Revolution due to her being married to CM Punk, and you know we don't like CM Punk in WWE because of uh reasons but regardless of that it's all it's all uh semantics it's unfortunate that Sasha Banks and Bailey dropped the titles for nothing essentially for nothing because to have them appear on NXT have them appear on both Raw and Smackdown and it would have been cool to see the Sky Pirates versus uh, Banks and Bailey. It would have been cool. Like the, the titles could be defended anywhere. On all brands. And just the fact that there are enough teams from the start to, um, to have a, a women's tag team division. Because they had to, for the Elimination Chamber, they had to put teams together. Only three teams qualified, and then the other three just inserted themselves. So they couldn't have qualifying matches. They couldn't have, uh, you know, a tournament or something like that. They couldn't have anything of that nature. So they just stuck all, all, all those teams in the elimination chamber, which was cool. You know, which was pretty cool. I would have, I would have waited until Mania to crown new. Women's tag team champions, but you know that's me. And it would have Bailey and, and Sasha Banks winning would have been a big deal. It would have been a pretty big deal, but no, we had the Iconics just keeping the belts warm, and they're probably gonna melt the the belts into a uh, into a, a belt, an actual like smaller belt buckle or a. A metal hair scrunchie or something. I don't know. Something to keep their hair up. Because those titles are not going to be defended at all in the near future. They're just holding them and they might... I think they should just just dissolve the titles. They should just, um, just retire them because it was just a disaster. And there's people saying that it's wrong for Sasha Banks to, to have left... And that Sasha Banks is entitled 
and she she and Bailey were backstage reportedly, you know, having a, tan, a temper tantrum, all this stuff. And a few things. One, if those, and you know, these were false, but if these temper tantrums were to have happened, like, A, it's unprofessional, but can you blame them? Like, Sasha Banks didn't have memorable title reigns. Same could be said about Bailey too. The way that they've been booked, if if their names are not Charlotte Flair or Alexa Bliss, because even at the time, Becky Lynch was just jobbing out, wasn't used, was backstage in Quinoa. Even though Quinoa is the best, it's delicious, but she wasn't being utilized. It was only uh, Charlotte Flair that was being utilized. And to be fair, she has all the tools. You cannot deny that. But you have the other horsewomen at the time that weren't being utilized. And then when they were given titles, they were just afterthoughts. And it's a shame. And in 2019, the so-called women's revolution, evolution, devolution, regression, whatever you want to call it. It's just all this, this women's revolution was just a... They just did it because it was cool. It was the the hot topic of the season. It was, you know, through political, just a political agenda that WWE had. Is to figure, oh well, let's let's just jump on that. Like we'll we'll be right in the center. We get all this press. We get all this all this publicity. And hey, like I would have done the same thing if it meant that. Your, you know, your product, your your company would would have been featured, would have been, would have had good PR, good press. But it's just sad that all this talk about women's, uh, you know, evolution, and it's just reverted right back. You have your women's tag team champions and the Iconics. They've been wrestling for a decade and hey I'm no wrestler I'm not saying that I can circle I could excuse me I can wrestle circles around the iconics or anybody because I can't I know like me wrestle <laughs> maybe if I was 10 years younger or you know five years younger and wasn't you know was back in high school however uh, to be veterans for 10 years and they still rust like that. Yeah. But then, if we dare say that Sasha did the right thing walking out, you know, we're all, uh, well, you're condoning bad behavior. You're, you're basically saying that, you know, you gotta reward bad behavior. And... Basically supporting someone that, that has a bad attitude backstage. Well, if I was being promised all this stuff, and then wasn't uh, wasn't getting uh, the delivery of those said promises, I'll be kind of pissed off too. I'll be mad too. So for people saying that, 
you know, fuck you. Because when you're promised something, when you, you bust your tail and understand, like, not everyone can be on the top forever. Well, unless your name isn't Hogan or Cena or Reigns. Well, no, to, to be fair, let's not, let's not do that to Reigns. If you're not Hogan or Cena, even, even Reigns to a point, but again, it's not his fault. It's not Cena's fault. It is Hogan's fault because Hogan, you know, master, the master politicker, your brother, he's the master politicker, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. You got to politic your way to the top, brother. Uh, but for people to just go ham on Sasha Banks, you know, saying, oh, she's, oh, she's just entitled, blah, blah. Oh, she's going to cry again. All this stuff. It's like, you got to understand these people, what they go through. They're, they're away from family for just months at a time. They're performing in front of you know, thousands of people. They're traveling, traveling on the road, traveling around the country. And if you, if you're in WWE and you don't want to be on top, if you don't want to be champion, if you just, oh, well, I'm just happy to be here. Oh, well, I'm just happy to be here. You know, just wave, smile, little kitties. Yeah, just, just happy to be here. Like, then, you know, all power to you. But if you don't want it bad enough, then what are you doing? And I feel like Sasha Banks wants it bad enough. And it's a shame that, yes, no one is perfect. I'm not. If there is segments of her, uh, you know, just being hard to deal with and whatnot, you know, okay, then she needs to, she needs to grow up because at the end of the day, your career, your career is, you have many, many years in your career left, so you'll be on top, but to be promised stuff and not having that, having those promises being delivered to you, I'll be mad too, I'll be pretty upset. So with that being said, it seems like Sasha Banks' return is imminently is imminently set. And also WWE seems to have spoiled her return on she's on a SummerSlam poster uh, for this year's SummerSlam. Also, on a Raw, on a, uh, a future Raw event, she's advertised. So, okay, after two plus years, WWE Raw returns to Tampa, featuring Universal Championship match, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans, Special Attraction 2-on-1 Handicap Match, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. And also scheduled to appear, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, United States Champion Samoa Joe, The Miz, Rey Mysterio, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Ricochet, Lewis Souls Revival, Robert Roode, EC3, and many more. So this is for July 22nd. So there's spoilers right there, like with Samoa Joe being 
U.S. Uh, U.S. champ because Ricochet is U.S. champ right now. So this most likely was drafted a few weeks back. So at the time when this was was written up, Samoa Joe was U.S. champion, but you never know; they might put the belt back on. I don't know. We, we, in in this. In this company's great wisdom, you never know. They they like hot potato and stuff, anyways. Uh, but yeah, it seems like in two weeks, Sasha Banks will make her return, and and essentially spoiling her return. And we knew that she was gonna return sooner or later because she's technically still under contract. Uh, under contract, excuse me, but. This will be good for her to turn heel. You know, be the the boss from NXT. That was my favorite iteration of like everyone's favorite iteration of Sasha Banks. She was in NXT, being the, the snarky heel. You know the, you know the, you know the, the ghetto. You know, fabulous boss. You know, in the Cadillac. Um, you know, just tormenting Izzy, you know, Bailey's number one fan, you know, and, and you know, NXT, that was fucking great. And one of the best women's matches of all time was the Iron Woman, Iron Woman match. That, that match was, oof, still gives me goosebumps after all this time. And I want, like, I, I'm... Praying that we see heal that version of Sasha Banks. That heal Sasha Banks. Not this not the baby face Sasha Banks. You know, she comes back refreshed, new a new start, and she just immediately goes heal. She goes after uh Becky Lynch. Because I'm sorry. Lacey Evans, she's you know, she's very attractive, you know. She's she might not be everyone's cup of tea, but she is good looking, and I love the fact that she's a marine and a uh, former SWAT officer. You know that that's, you know, to me that's pretty hot. I guess I'm, um, well, I'm I'm a big fan of you know shows like NCIS, Burn Notice, stuff like that. Those type of shows. So, just seeing women like that, and especially, you know, she's actually a, you know, a Marine. So, not a gimmick that's, she's actually a Marine, but she's tied with the Southern Bell gimmick. So, not a fan of it. At first, like, I was a fan, but just the way it's been transitioned from NXT to the main roster, of course, when everything comes down, not up when it comes down to the main roster, it just just doesn't translate well a lot of times, but it's unfortunate, it's really unfortunate, but hopefully Sasha Banks, when she returns, she will be healed, and she will go after Becky Lynch, and they will, those two will have a good program, you'll see some purple, some purple hair, and, and, and orange hair fly, when those two clash, because we need something fresh, and you know we'll wait and see. 
So, and before I go, we gotta talk about some AEW news. Uh, Fighter Fest went down. It had went down uh, a few weeks ago. And just my my thoughts on it. <sighs> to me, like a lot of people enjoyed it. It wasn't as good as Double or Nothing. And of course it was centered around CEO Gaming's event. A CEO, a community effort Orlando. It's uh, a tournament series. Uh, created and ran by Alex Bailey, and he was also in a match. And when I saw that match, I immediately just tuned it out because, yeah, you you gotta have some, you know, some hokey stuff. But I don't know, just certain things, and and just you know, I'm a fighting game. You know, I'm not much in the fighting game scene anymore, but I do keep up with fighting games from time to time. And I still watch it, you know, when I can. But it's just, you you have an audience. You have males, 18 and above. And instead of using that audience to your advantage, you're in a, you're in a fighting game tournament. And there was this whole hubbub about people being offended and outraged about women in bikinis and this, this, all this nonsense. Like, come on now. You're in Orlando, number one. Number two, the whole aesthetic of Fighter Fest and CEO and being in, in Miami, excuse me, being in Florida. Being, well, they were in Daytona Beach, by the way. Daytona Beach, Florida. You're in a tropical climate, you're in really, you know, you're in really warm climate, and you're gonna, you're gonna be pissy about women in bikinis, this ain't WWE, but it seems like the people in charge, you know, uh, Tony Khan, and Cody, and the Young Bucks, they just, they're not placating to their audience it's like yeah we want to be an alternative to WWE we want to do what WWE isn't doing but then they're essentially shooting themselves in the foot and it's just it baffles me it just baffles my mind that you have you have that audience there you have males you, you have a bunch of you have a bunch of uh, of uh, young males you know, uh, young young male adults, uh, 18-year-olds to 30-somethings, and yeah, you know, the opportunity, like, there was some good matches. I'm not going to say all the event was a, was a total fun. No, there were good matches. You know, we had the main event with uh, Janela and Moxley. Their uh, hardcore match was pretty dope, pretty gruesome, too, which, you know, I like, I like a little bit of... Uh, Violence and carnage in my wrestling matches, you know, from time to time. Not too much of it, but, you know, sprinkle in there. And also, uh, Cody Rhodes versus uh, Darby, Darby Allen, pronouncing that right. 
you know, that was a pretty good match. But I also want to talk about what happened during, you know, after the match when uh, formerly the Perfect Ten uh, <clears throat> that wicked chair shot that he gave to Cody and Cody didn't protect his he didn't protect his uh his face, you know, his head and that was pretty gruesome. And uh a lot of people were criticizing Cody Rhodes for, you know, taking an unprotected chair shot and also uh Aaron Spears as well. Um, formerly known as um Ty Dillinger at Perfect Ten. And uh Yeah, like it was pretty scary just um, reportedly, like, he didn't stop bleeding. And when he was taken to the back, he was still bleeding. And reportedly, they say he had no concussions. And, uh, yeah. This, this, again, it's pretty, it's pretty scary, pretty gruesome. That's why, you know, they also reported that the, the, the chair was gimmicked. You cannot gimmick a chair. You can flatten it to a degree, but still metal. And how are you going to gimmick just all that blood? And just sometimes, you know, um, sometimes wrestlers are, are marks when they call us the marks, but they like to, they, they definitely mark for themselves. A lot of times, and for the young bucks to say, "Oh, the, the the chair was gimmicked." It's like it wasn't gimmicked. You cannot gimmick a chair, like to the point, like like Jesus Christ. And this Cody should just had his hands up because that was fucking scary. Like I used to be a fan of Cody's, but over time, of course, I haven't met in real life. But when you see someone tweet. And, and and post a lot of the stuff that they do. You get to know more about them. And their backpedaling. And their, you know, PC. And just all that nature. You get to see who they are, really. And the sky just has... I'll tell you, a lot of people, they need to go to see a shrink. There's so many pent-up issues that haven't been resolved. And... You know, just from seeing a lot of stuff that he's tweeted in the past. Because I was with him when he he was being underutilized in, in, in uh, WWE. Like, I was I was for him. I was like, yo, like, Cody Rose, he's the fucking man. Like, he, he's good talent. He had it. You know, the dashing Cody Rhodes, undashing, you know, the Rhodes Scholars. You know, when him and, and Goldust teamed up. And then the whole... I don't like Stardust. It was, it was funny for a bit, but I didn't like it. You know, wasn't a fan at the end of the day. And he wanted to be original Cody Rhodes. He wanted to go back to Cody Rhodes. And WWE didn't want to, so he just left. And, you know, I was like, yo, like, this, this guy deserves... He deserves more. And I was a fan of his. And I still am. But there's just certain things that just irks me the wrong way about him. It's like you're a grown man. You have, you are blessed with all the things that you have now, and you still find the time to go online and 
just spew your 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 politics. You and your wife spew your 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 politics and just put all your your issues that haven't been resolved in therapy. When take wrestling out of it, go get some therapy. Go get help. Talk to someone. There's a lot of unresolved issues. There were a lot of unresolved issues with with his half brother Goldust and his father, who's deceased. And we all love Dusty Rhodes. Guy was phenomenal. But I didn't want to get into this whole rant, but because it's just about him getting hit with a chair and not protecting his his head, and you know it was just, it was it was it was just fucked up from the jump. But I'm gonna say this. He needs to, whatever issues he has, whatever issues Miranda has, they need to just deal with it. They need to get some help because, and a lot of people are wrestling. And also, this is what I wanted to talk about, but, you know, a lot a lot of mental, there's a lot of, a um, uh, lot of talks about depression and, and mental health and wrestling, and this needs to be talked about. A lot of wrestlers aren't getting the mental help that they need. Mental health is very important, and you you need to be, you know, you need to make sure that if you are feeling a certain type of way, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling suicidal, that you talk to someone. You know, you're feeling any type of way, you don't feel right. You know, feeling like every everything's crashing down. You you talk to someone because you don't want to have unresolved issues. You don't want to have everything pent up inside, and you just you it manifests like it won't be. It won't always be you going on a mass murder spree or killing yourself or killing someone else and killing yourself at the end. It could just be just you know all this. Oh, this pent up, you know, just this inadequacies of never, you know, just trying to prove yourself. Just trying to prove yourself, trying to, you know, having a midlife crisis, but you're not even in, in you're not middle aged, you know. And I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to just. I'm just just my observations. It's just all my observations. I could be wrong. I could be right. But it's just something that. You know, something I've been noticing. And I know people get slack for shitting on AEW and shitting on, you know, Cody Christ, Cody Rhodes. But it's like sometimes just people got to step back from the gimmick. People got to step back and remember that, hey, they're human. You know, I'm human. I'm more than just a wrestler. I'm, I'm a human being. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm right in the head. Make sure that I don't give attention to these assholes online. And, you know, you just admit, you just man up. Because a lot of times, him, a lot of people, they just, especially with politics, man. Wrestling and politics don't mix. And we already had to deal with with politics in the wrestling business with trying to, trying to get over someone, trying to keep your belt, all this stuff. So we got to deal with, with political politics in wrestling. We got to deal with... SJWs and, and PC culture and, and 
trying to include everybody, you know, the acceptance culture and, and the entitlement culture. And, and it, it just really, it just drives me nuts. Can we just wrestle? Can we just stop being offended at everything? Can we just wrestle? Leave everything in the ring. Leave everything in in the realm of, hey, this is wrestling. This is entertainment. Leave it there. Don't mix politics in. Don't put too much seasoning in the stew. Because it will... Don't put too much ingredients. Don't put too little. Because you're going to fuck up the soup. You're going to fuck up the stew. You're going to fuck up your, your dish. So, with that being said, this has been another episode of Table for One Wrestling here on RoomPrimeTV.com. If you enjoyed what you listened to, and also you made it all the way to the end, I love you, I appreciate you, please consider going to my website, RoomPrimeTV.com. Again, that is RoomPrimeTV.com, where you can find social media links, and as well as podcast feed links to my podcast, because I'm not only on SoundCloud, I'm on iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts, I'm on Google Play Music, I'm on Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and if you want to listen, if you prefer one over the other, there you go, also, if you may, please check out and listen to the inaugural episode of the HSC podcast. That is the the hardcore strong style coalition podcast hosted by Cosmic Kaiser Six and Heracles, aka Batman of the Hyperbolic Shirt Company. Love those guys. Also, uh, they had a good conversation regarding the G one G one climax. So if you enjoy uh, indie stuff, non-WWE stuff, they're your, they're your guys to go to, and they will have many more episodes to come. And it's presented by Room Prime TV. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review, a rating, a like, a thumbs up, anything. Also, I want your feedback for this episode, for past episodes. Uh, any feedback will be appreciated. And please consider subscribing. Please subscribe, 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 subscribe. Because more subscriptions that that come in, and remember it's free, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play Music, on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, it will mean a great deal. And that means that more people will get into the podcast. They will find this podcast. So ratings, subscriptions, and feedback. And if you want to contact me personally, go on Twitter. Search up Room Prime TV on Twitter. Also on my website, roomprimetv.com slash contact. Everything will be in the annotations below. So many links I had to put up. Oh my God. Oh dear Lord. But it's worth it because without you guys, I won't be nothing. And without the Room Prime TV family, we won't be nothing. And we all here got to eat. So that being said, I have been Room Prime for Room Prime TV family. RoomPrimeTV.com. 
I bid you adieu. And a good night. And I'm going to shut the hell up and get this out of the free guys. Love you guys. <laughs>